and welcome to the Hibs Observer morning debrief. Uh, it is the morning after the night before. Uh, a disappointing result for Hibs uh, at Easter Road going down 3-0 to Rangers. Their first fixture back since the Premiership winter break. Safe to say, not going to plan uh, at all. Um, new signings on the pitch, uh, new got new faces, boys returning, but it was a familiar story, uh, unfortunately, um, against Rangers uh, at Easter Road. Hibs now, I believe, not not beating Rangers at Easter Road since 2015-16 uh, season, so that is an unwanted record that is starting to, to drag on um, a bit. Um, Patrick, what did you make of it? It was a kind of familiar story, wasn't it? Not a great performance all round. Yeah, it was a familiar story in the end, but I think for maybe the first sort of 25, 30 minutes at a push, I thought Hibs actually looked better. They certainly looked better than they looked at Farfar. I think there was, you know, there was a bit more zip about the way they were playing, consider the way they were playing just before the winter break, where they just looked really kind of jaded, really kind of leggy all over the park. There was, there was like a bit more... They were a bit more sprightly and, you know, that was promising. They were knocking the ball about quite well. You know, yeah, there were sort of the usual unforced errors, but, you know, I don't think Rangers were great either, to be honest, in the first, certainly the first sort of half an hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think up until, up until Lundstrom's ball over the top for, um, for Yomaz to score the opener, I thought it had kind of matched them pretty well. Um, hadn't really had many chances to speak of. Um but then I think you know really the killer blow was losing that that second goal just before half time and it was it was a good goal by by Todd Cantwell, um, but I think you know if you can keep it if you can keep it at one nil to half time then you know you, you go in you regroup you come back out and you know I think you could see Hibs were actually playing with a, a kind of you know a bit more of a kind of renewed vigor when they came back out and then you know the manner of losing the third goal and the fact that they had a couple of chances themselves um, you know Mazzani's effort from close range it was well saved by Butland and Mark Andes later on I think had a um you know was crowded out as he was he was looking to shoot so you know it's I think it started off promising and then just sort of like slid into what we're kind of used to seeing uh from him especially against you know well against Rangers against Celtic and um you know I suppose something that started off Excuse me. Something that started off so promising in terms of the way they were playing. Um, you know, you're you're walking away from the game and you're left with like sort of very very sort of familiar feelings. I think would be the the best way to put it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a it was disappointing all round. I, th- I mean, I, I can I, I agree. I don't think Hibs were you know were off it to begin with. There wasn't too much in the see this at the opening 20-25 minutes. Um, I think Nick Montgomery was probably right when he said that you know neither team probably. Both teams were probably a bit sloppy um, mm. in that kind of opening spell. I, I did think after a while that that Hibs set up sort of played into Rangers' hands a wee bit. Um, I felt they were they were just able to get sort of too many too many overloads in areas that you don't really want them to. I think even you know kind of starting from the back, you know, Rangers are building up with a three against Hibs two, and then you know they're getting the ball into midfield, and again it becomes a. It was becoming a 3v2 at times. Um, it was a lot to ask of uh, Dylan Levitt and Joe Newell up against Lundstrom, Cantwell and Raskin. Um, I think, you know, obviously there was a, a slight change in how Hibs have lined up and that um, it was Mazzani Malida who was kind of playing off the off the front um, with Dylan Venti pushed forward. Um, 
I mean, I'm, I don't really want to, you know, criticise Mazzani too much because, you know, I think he gets a pass for it being his first game. The guy's barely kicked the ball for several months. Um, and when he has, it's been, you know, kind of uh, second tier in, in Germany. So he's been fourth away tier. international. Fourth tier, sorry. God. <laughs> um, well, there you go then. He did look a bit rusty, maybe a bit off-match fitness and, and you know, maybe not quite up to speed with sort of the... The system that Hibs were playing, but I did think you know it it kind of left a lot for Jonio and Dylan Levitt to try and cover. Um, and I think just a kind of a side note, actually, like I think everybody was happy when the you know the team sheet came out, and you seen that Dylan Venti was now back playing higher up the park. But I think there's maybe a lot, there was periods in that game where it's it's showed why Nick Montgomery has played him where he has for the past while because to play in that sort of supporting role off the front you do need a fair degree of sort of tactical discipline uh, tactical awareness as to where you know how you can help stop those overloads the 3v2 in the middle of the park um, and it's just uh, Mazzani I just didn't think wasn't able to do that quite effectively as effectively as the game wore on um, I mean it's not I'm not I'm not saying that he wasn't you know putting a shift in he was he did a lot of running about but it's just kind of knowing where to be went to drop off, went to press, and I just felt as the game wore on, it, that started to move more in Rangers' favour. I think it was maybe masked a wee bit in the opening stages because both teams were sloppy on the ball, um, but I certainly think it told in the first two goals. You know, the first goal, Lundstrom is able to, you know, he's able to step onto the game unchallenged from, you know, that's your holding midfielder who's stepping into the final third and nobody yeah. really getting anywhere near him. Um, and I think what it does at times when you are a midfield two and you're facing that three, the, the natural and you can feel yourself maybe you know getting outnumbered. Um, the natural tendency is to I, I think is to kind of drop off it a wee bit because you don't want to then find yourself being pulled you know pillar to post chasing shadows. So I think there is a there can be at times a natural tendency to to take a step back just hold. Your shape and I thought it contributed to kind of how passive Hibs were for the second goal. You know, Rangers have popped it about fairly well, um, but there's no real pressure on the ball, you know, no serious pressure on the ball at any point. I think by the time it gets to Cantwell, it's actually Lewis Stevenson who steps in from full back to try and stop him getting the shot away. And it's a good finish, don't get me wrong, it's a you know, it's a good strike from that area. Um, but at the same time, I think. You know, it's it's preventable because I think they did a decent enough job for most uh, most of the first half hibs for you know stopping guys like Cantwell getting into those sort of areas. You know, between in between midfield and attack where they can really hurt you. It didn't happen too often, but I think once Rangers started to get to grips with the midfield, um, that's where the game turned a wee bit. And then obviously you know, the third goal is a bit of a mess, but you know the the game is. It was pretty much gone by that point. Anyway, I couldn't see Hibs um, getting back into it. That was more sort of adding insult to injury rather than, you know, a really you know catastrophic moment in terms of the result. Um, just in terms of you know, three new signings ended up on the pitch. Um, obviously, Mizani started the game, and then we had Emilio Mar- Emiliano Marcondes and Luke Amos on the bench. Uh, we've already touched a bit on Mizani, Patrick, but just overall, did you? Did you see anything you liked from um, the three new boys? Yeah, I think there was, I think you mentioned that there was a, a lot of rustiness in all of them, which I think is to be expected. Um, Marcondes obviously hasn't played sort of senior football since I think June last year. 
Um, as mentioned, Mazzani's been playing sort of lower tier in Germany, and you know, Luke Amos is another player who hasn't hasn't played a, a sort of senior game for a long time, and you know, he's been training with Tottenham's under twenty threes. Obviously, Marc Andes has been with Bournemouth, but you know, you can you can't replicate that. Um, you know, you can't replicate games at this level, especially not against opposition like Rangers. And you know, I, I think there's there's a few things at play here, and I will you know I will touch on on what I liked, but I think. Whenever a team makes new signings, there's always this sort of clamour from the fans. They want to see them in action as soon as possible. And I think given given Hibs' problems at the moment in terms of personnel, and you've got four players on international duty, and then you've got um, you know, you've still got a good few players out injured. Uh, you know, Chris Cadden, Jay Doyle Hayes, Adam Lathon to Josh Campbell. It's you know, Paul Hanlon missing as well. It's it kind of gets down to the it's what we were talking about before Christmas, where Hibs are kind of down to the bare bones again. And you know, I think ideally Montgomery wouldn't have had to have started any of the of the new signings, but it's almost he almost feels like he has to because they're really I don't think there's anybody else. I don't think you I don't think you play Rudy Milotnikov in that sort of supporting striker role against Rangers. I think that's a big ask. Um, you know, I think you want to try and you want to try and bring youngsters like that through gradually. I don't think you want to chuck them in at the deep end. I know you could argue they kind of did that with with Canal Mike went right back, but again, you know, it's do you put Rory Whitaker on from the start against Rangers? I mean, I know he's he's played, you know, he's he started for Hibs already this season, but again, it's it's a big ask, and you know, you risk you risk, I think, damaging their confidence. And you know, it's it's really I do feel a bit for Montgomery. Like it's, it can't be straightforward thinking, you know, I've got to put a team out that can compete, I've got to put, put a team out that can play the way I want them to play. And you know, I mean it's you know, you can see when the starting lineup came out. You know, we're we're sort of trying to think like who's you know who, who's played who's played centre half here. You know, there's there's yeah. three options that could be played centre half, and in the end, it was this possibly the least likeliest option that um, that ended up playing there and ended up playing very well. Um, I mean, you know, we should talk about it a bit later, but I thought he was easily his best player on the park, um, head and shoulders above the rest. I, I don't think it would be a stretch, and you know, that's obviously. It's great that he's putting in that sort of performance, but again, it's the sort of like patchwork Hibs where you've got you know your left back playing a centre half, you've got you know an, an aging fullback being asked to sort of like get up and down the wing, and nothing against Lewis Stevenson, he's a top professional, he's kept himself fit, but you know you don't you don't want to be relying on somebody who is you know thirty six years old to be you know putting a ninety minute shift against the likes of Celtic Rangers and things like that. It's just not. You know, obviously his, his his abilities are going to be on the wane because you know it's what it's what happens with age. And you know, we've seen how effective Abita can be down that left hand side. He's linked up really well with with Tavares on that uh, on that flank. But you know, it, it does it does feel a little bit like you know M- Montgomery is really just trying to kind of get through this period where he doesn't have players for a variety of reasons and just you know kind of limp on to the next game, get through it, rinse and repeat. And I think, you know, it's it's difficult that he talks about bringing in new signings who are ready to sort of, you know, ready to make an impact, can hit the ground running. I don't think any of the three signings that he's brought in are. And, you know, it's, it's just the nature of the window. It's the nature of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the positions that are needed. The January transfer window is difficult. We know this. Um, and so, he's, yeah, I think his hand's almost been, almost been forced. But what I would say is that I think we saw... Flashes from Mizani to suggest that he, you know, could be an interesting, interesting addition to the final third. I'm not 100 percent sure whether you would want him starting on Saturday, for instance. I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think Montgomery's the kind of person who'll maybe, you know, give him uh, like an hour against Rangers and then maybe give him 20 to 30 minutes against Kilmarnock and just sort of build up build up that game time because that's that's the only way they're going to be ready is if they're playing games and you know when you take the weather into consideration and you know like there's not really much point in playing them in reserve games or bounce games because they're not going to get that same feeling of you know this is what it means to play for Hibs this is what's required of me this is the level that I have to be at for 90 plus minutes yeah. uh, you know, two to three times a week um, what I did like was was Marcondes. I think you could see you could see his quality when he came on. Like, yes, it, there was obviously rust with him as well because it's, he's been out for such a long time. But I think you know some of us, some of us passing and you know just like moving into space, it's working the final third. I think you can tell that he's going to be a, a really good addition. And I mean, you know, he sounds like a naturally fit guy. He was obviously out in Dubai of his own accord doing things um, when Hibs were out there, which obviously led to you know led to the signing um the signing actually happening and i think i wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe starting on saturday and i think maybe just in that that sort of support and striker role we talked about um you know mazani's sort of suitability or or lack lack of suitability for that role against rangers i think marcondes has that sort of i think he has that sort of knowledge that sort of footballing brain to be able to you know play that role really effectively Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's the player that Hibs have been crying out for in that position because it's not you know, obviously it's not Dylan Venter. You want him, you want him sort of playing as a number nine. You want him in and around the penalty box and getting on the end of whatever the the, the wingers are putting into the box, whatever Marcondes is slipping through. But I think also he's more disciplined in the sense that I mean I know he said at Brentford he was played more as an eight and he wanted to play as a ten, but I think he's 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 got that sort of knowledge to know that he needs to drop drop uh, deeper to sort of help the midfield out at times. Because I don't, I don't see Montgomery changing the way they play, and like, I don't think anybody would argue against the fact that Hibs needed an identity. They needed sort of a recognisable style of play, and that's obviously what he's trying to implement. I'm just not convinced that in its current form it works. It, it doesn't work against uh, against Rangers. It doesn't work against three man midfields, and it becomes very easy to play around. It becomes very easy to to counter. It becomes mm-hmm. very easy to um, you know, essentially, sort of, you know, get the better of him. And you know, you can put that down again to the lack of players. You can put it down to, you know, Montgomery still not having had a full transfer window. I mean, you know, a few days left. You'd imagine that it's probably going to be a centre back as the primary target at the moment. And you know, obviously, yes, he's he's getting players back from injury. He's talked about them being like new signings. But you know, I think I think questions do need to be asked about whether. The current system is appropriate for for every game, and you know I, I know that he's talked about it before. He's he's almost been a bit snippy, he's a bit harsh, but I think he's been quite kind of insistent that you know this is this is the way we're going to play. This is the identity I want the club to have or the team to have, and you know we're not going to deviate from this too much. But I just think you know I've said it before that I think managers sometimes need to be a bit more pragmatic in certain situations. And you know, you're not saying like go and play a three-five-two or a five-four-one. You know, it's, broadly speaking, you want them to play the same way. You just want it to be a setup that helps them a bit more. Um, and I think uh, hopefully the players who have come in can you know adapt to this the way that Montgomery wants to play and can make a difference. But I think you know you have to reserve judgment. And you know, if there's been one, if there's been one kind of consistent theme with him recently, it's that you know the, the sort of this system. When Montgomery first came in, worked quite well. They were getting decent results, 
and now it just I think you know people have people have kind of cottoned on to the way that Montgomery's teams play. Mm-hmm. They know how to you know close them off to prevent them you know getting into attacking areas. They know how to play through them. They know where they're weak. They know where to attack them. And you know a lot of teams get a lot of joy out of doing that. And you know I just think that's that's maybe the next thing that needs to be looked at is you know basically do you, do you play the same way and then try and improve it all the time or you sort of take the hit and accept that sometimes you maybe need to adapt the way you're playing for you know the good of the team because at the end of the day it's a results business Montgomery knows this he said that mm-hmm. um I thought when he was speaking last night he was he was putting a very kind of brave face on things very very positive comments about you know the players about certain aspects of the game whilst recognizing that you know some of it had been disappointing but it's it's, it is getting to that stage where I think something needs to change because, you know, if Hibs keep on playing the way that they are and not really getting anywhere and not having anything to show for it, then, you know, it, it doesn't, top six doesn't look like a certainty or a likelihood. It looks like, you know, it's going to be a tall order. Yeah. I, I definitely, I think it, for me, if you're talking about identity, it for me, that's always been about, you know, and I'm sure you probably agree. It's like it's less for me. It's always been less about formations and more about you know what what do you want to be on the pitch? You know, do you want to be yeah. a high pressing team? Do you want to pass out from the back? Do you want to be direct? You know, do you want to you know play with wingers high and wide? It's always been about those kind of aspects. You, you know, the, the things you actually do rather than you know the the, the shape you set up in. Um, so I, I don't think. You know, it's obviously a good thing that, you know, Montgomery has come in and he's tried to instill, you know, an identity into the team, a recognised way of playing. Um, but I think, you know, he, he he can he can hang on to those principles and, you know, still be able to maybe, you know, go with a three in midfield at some point, you know, especially for, for games against Rangers. And it's, you know, I... I I'm sometimes reticent to be, you know, too critical of a manager who who comes into Scottish football and does try to implement a recognised way of of playing something a bit more forward thinking, and because I think you know there's a there's a there's a lot of teams in this league where who don't really have that they, they don't really have a sort of recognised way of playing. A lot of them play quite similarly. You know, mm-hmm. how, how many teams you see nowadays? You know, playing, you know, three at the back, um, two two midfielders, both of them quite defensive. You know, wing backs who are more, who are a lot less wing and more back. Uh, so you, you kind of really like when you see a guy come in and want to do things a bit differently, to want to play out against you know the bigger teams in the league. It, it, you know, it makes you you want that to succeed because it's it, it can. If it works, then it's kind of better for the. It's obviously you know first and foremost it's good for Hibs, but it's kind of better for the overall product as well and. I know it's kind of scant consolation that, but you know Philip Clement and his post-match press conference. I know it's easy for managers to come out and say these kind of things when they've you know they've just won three 0 but he was actually very complimentary of of Hibs, and that's not me being cynical. It just it, it, you know it's just the way it is. They don't say it when they get beat, but uh, he was actually you know complimentary of the way that Hibs are trying to play. Um, he described them as being very good technically, good at build up, and you kind of I think it's. It is just kind of frustrating at times because you, you feel like it's sometimes you feel that it's not that far away from working. Um, yeah. And but I, I do think just to get back to the original point of an identity, for me it's always been less about you know, shape and formation. So that's just the kind of you, you can do things within that. You can you know 
principles that I said are kind of more about what you do rather than, you know, the initial shape you set up in. Um, but just, you know, kind of to touch on Marcondes before we move on, I, I, I did think that he brought a, you know, he did bring something when mm-hmm. he came on. You can you can tell he's still got a bit to go in terms of getting, you know, um, match sharpness back, getting up to, to full speed. But I do think in that role, he, he, I think he can make a difference because he is... He is, you know, kind of very naturally well suited to it, and he's played, you know, the number eight roles and other roles in midfield to understand what's maybe required of it defensively as well. But just in terms of, you know, retaining the ball, I think he'll make a real difference. Where I, th- I feel like Kevs have struggled sometimes this season is, you know, this sustaining attacks, like sustaining possession in the opposition half. Like a lot of the time, it, it you know, it feels as though that they are building from back into midfield an awful lot of the game and not sustaining the ball. You know, in, in games where they have most of the possession, but not mm-hmm. not quite sustaining it in the opposition half quite as much as they'd like. Um I think he'll make a difference in that regard. You can see he's got quality. He takes he picks up good areas, he picks good passes. Um and obviously I think he just like the others as well, I think he just needs a bit of time. I thought Amos showed a bit of something as well. Just a bit of something different in midfield, maybe a bit more kind of ability to get around. He was kind of snapping at people. He looked quite comfortable on the ball as well. I'm quite interested to see what he can do moving forward. Um, but, you know, as you said earlier on, we're going to touch on Jordan Abita because he was, um, he was, as you see, he was by, he was far and away his best player. Um, he's He's been asked to step in and do something difficult. I think, as you pointed out in our report last night, he, did, he has done it before. Uh, played there for Wickham, was it? He said, um, mm-hmm. and he's he, not often, he was quite not often, yeah. But he didn't look out of place. Um, he was he was kind of trying to come out with the ball as well. He was in the right place at the right time, quite a lot. And he's been he's been really quietly effective for quite a while now, Jordan. I beat I think. Yeah, I think he. When you look at who had signed in the summer, um, obviously when you're shelling out as much money as they did for Dylan Bente. And, you know, you're finally getting Adam LaFondra after what feels like about 25 years of trying to get him through the door and being linked with him every transfer window. Um, and even even Dylan Levitt, who, you know, obviously his his stock was quite high, you know, a full kind of Wales internationalist. And, you know, he, he'd, done, he'd done well at Dundee United and obviously the, the Manchester United connection. You think, you know, this is this could be a, a player who could sort of really make a difference. I thought, just as a side note, I thought, I, I think you need... Certainly going on last night, you need more from players like Dylan Levitt and Ellie Ewan if you know if this hip seam is going to be effective. And you know, I mean it's I mean we have talked about this before, we don't need to go over old ground too much. Yuan is one of those players, if he could do it every week, then he would not be a hips. I mean, you know, Montgomery said this about Nizani as well, sort of saying, you know, if he could put it all together, if he was perfect, he wouldn't be a hips, he'd be a Champions League club. And I think it's probably a similar I think it's probably a similar case with with Yuan that it's just I mean, I, I can't. I think he's got a lot of talent, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some some things that he does are, are borderline outrageous in terms of how skillful they are. But it must be, it must be so frustrating at times to be playing, you know, the same team as him because I just think, you know, there's times when it's like you, he doesn't really need to prove anything. Like you know, he's maybe beaten two men and then he can get rid of it, but he tries to beat a third and then loses it, or you know, he does something brilliant and then follows it up with like a really, a really kind of poor pass or. You know, makes makes the wrong decision when he's got sort of two options, and I just sort of think, you know, players like Yuan, like Levitt, you you really need them to be, especially in games, especially in the bigger games, especially in games against Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Aberdeen. In fact, you know, I mean, every game, but especially in these games where 
you know, more questions are going to be asked of the team. You really need them to sort of step up and, you know, kind of show why, you know, why they're worthy of a start and, you know, why they could go on to bigger and better things. And the reason I'm saying that is because I think, obviously, Abita is much further on in his career than, than the likes of Yuan and Levitt, but I think he was one person who, you know, did exactly what you want to see players doing in games like that. He was asked to play out of position, but, you know, I thought really adapted really well, just played, you know, defensively in terms of organising the defence, really good at telling people where to go, where to stand, who to mark. The number of times he popped up with an interception or you know, a tackle, a block, anything like that. It was just, I just felt it was a really, a really sort of accomplished performance by, you know, a defender playing out of position against, you know, a really... A really sort of like attack-minded team, and you know, I certainly think you know the scoreline probably would have been a lot worse, or could have been a lot worse if it hadn't been for um, hadn't been for Abita. And I think you know, you look at the signings that Ibs brought in in the summer, and he almost went under the radar because it's just like, okay, yeah, we've we've signed a a thirty-year-old left back from from Wickham. You know, no one's going, you know, oofed. you know, people look at you know, people look at Ventus, like, oh, we've, we've you know we've paid a lot of money for a striker who scored a lot of goals. We've signed, you know, someone like Adam Lafondre with his Premier League experience, and um, you know, we've signed Dylan Levitt. We're, sort of, you know, we're bringing in all these players. It's going to be great, and you know, okay, yeah, we, we brought in a left back. That's fine. I, mean, I, I don't think, no, no, not 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 to not to sort of talk down uh, left backs everywhere, but I just feel that when you're signing new players, obviously depending yeah. on who the left back is, but it's not the sexiest position. Yeah, just think, as well you said that because we would have the left back union on is in a flash. I, I know, I know. Well, I'm 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 not daft. Um, <laughs> You know, just I've got a lot of respect for left backs. <laughs> um, but no, I mean it's 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 unfair because when you look at you know you look at left backs, you look at you know Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney, Josh Doig, even at Hibs if we're staying a bit closer to home. Um, you know David Murphy going back a few years, even Lewis Stevenson. You know, like there is um, there's there's there is a there is a place for left backs. I'm not this is an agenda, but I just think you know all joking aside, compared to the other signings they brought in, I think. You know, it was just sort of, you know, yes, we need left-back cover, we've got that, that's fine. But I think in actual fact, in terms of consistency, in terms of, you know, performances since he's come in, I think Ubita's probably been the one that's probably probably been the most sort of impressive. But it has mm-hmm. kind of, it has kind of like flown under the radar a little bit. But I think last night that, that really kind of came to the fore. And I think, I think there's probably a lot of Hibs fans out there maybe, and, you know, this isn't a criticism, but I think they maybe haven't realised just how good he is. And I think that's, you know, I think we'll start to see that more and more as, you know, the season goes on, that actually mm-hmm. he does he does have a lot of quality and whether that's playing at left centre-back, at left back, left midfield, um, you know, you name it. But I, I just think you need you need performances like that from, from far more players if you're going to get positive results. And quite frankly, we're not, we're not seeing that enough from, mm-hmm. uh, from enough Hibs players. And... You know, that's, I mean, you know, Montgomery will be aware of that, I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, the fact that him and, and Brian McDermott both talk about the, the importance of character in players, like, you know, they need to have the right character and they need to have the right sort of approach, as well as the ability to, you know, go out and, and put in a performance in a certain position. But, you know, you need to see more of that. You need to see more. I'm not quite saying, you know, I'm not quite saying we're dreaming of a team of Jordan Abitas, but you certainly... Not yet. Think, not yet. Give it time. But you know, I do think you know you, you do need that sort of approach from from far more players than than are currently than we're currently seeing. And I yeah. think you know Saturday tomorrow would be a good time to start with that. 
Aye, absolutely. Uh, aye, I mean, all credit to Jordan Abita. He really kind of stood up um, when his team needed him. Um, just to touch on Yuan and Levitt, as you, you were speaking about there, I think that it kind of sums up, you know, Ellie Yuan in that it was a frustrating performance from him last night, but I still think he was, he still managed to be Hib's biggest threat, which just. That's why it's so frustrating. Yeah, because he had the. Um, Shot where he kind of he cut in off the right left footed shot made Butland make a good save in the first half. Mm. He's made a brilliant run um, and he's been found by a great pass from Megua. Um, and then he's he's picked the right he's he's picked the perfect ball to cut it back to Mazzani. Yes. It's been easy just to just to lash that across the um, the face of goal, but he's picked the perfect ball. And that, I mean that really should have been a goal. Um, so it does kind of it sums up why he is so frustrating, Elliot, and, and that he you know he did. A fair few things as well that you know had people groaning all around us, but he still managed to be Hibbs' biggest threat. Um, just Dylan Levitt as well. I mean, I, I've seen quite a, a fair bit of criticism of of, um, of Levitt from last night. Uh, some of it I agree with, and some of it I'm not too. I don't particularly agree with. Um, I think there are question marks um, over him defensively in a midfield too. It's. It, He's, it's never, you know, I think the defensive side of the game has never really, probably never really been one of his strengths. He's probably been, I think, when he was at his best at Dundee United, he, I think he was playing in a midfield three a bit more, a bit further on. There was probably less defensive uh, responsibility placed on him there. Um, it just doesn't seem to be really part of his game, you know, because he's not a, you know, you, you know you're not going to get that from him. He's not a He's not a water a water carrier. He's you no. know he is a he is a ball player. Joe Newell as well. Joe Newell's not a water carrier either. He's a you know I'd say Joe, a class Joe Newell's a ball player as well. But it's just there are kind of question marks there defensively, and I think he would you you'd maybe see somebody like Levitt benefit from a guy who could maybe do a bit more of the the dirty work. But I suppose you could say that for Joe Newell as well. Where I would. Ag- what I wouldn't agree necessarily with some of the criticism of Levitt, I've you know I've seen have been accused of you know accused of hiding. I, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I think he, he looks to get on the ball. He's always he is always trying to make himself available, and some of his passing was a bit off last night. Um, but I think he does it. He, he was one of the ones who at times were maybe trying to play that more progressive pass to try and play through Rangers and. They were kind of wise to it at times, and it, it wasn't coming off. But I don't necessarily agree with maybe you know claims that he that he hides in games. I feel like he does make himself available for the ball um, an awful lot, and he, at times he does try to he does try to get Hibbs up the pitch. I just don't think it was it, it never come off from last night. I don't know. He, as the game wore on, he started to to strike me as a guy who's maybe started to lose a bit of confidence in himself, um, a bit kind of unsure of himself on the ball. Um, but yeah, just to maybe let's move things on a wee bit. Um, um, devoted a a good half hour um, to a three 0 defeat. Uh, just to finish up, shall we look ahead to the weekend? It's I mean the games aren't you know that was a really challenging way to come back to Premiership action mm-hmm. last night. Um, but you know in terms of the it's a different challenge this weekend. But it's again it's just a, a really far from from simple one going to Kilmarnock, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we, we probably saw that in Montgomery's first game uh, in charge, which was away to, to Kilmarnock, where you know Hibs were up 2-0 and ended up conceding two goals late on to you know draw the game instead of winning it. And I think it's 
I do find it quite funny because obviously they're coming up against Derek McInnes, who is a man who a lot of Hibs fans would, you know, I think going by social media, which I know was never the sort of most accurate or uh, safest barometer to use. But, you know, a lot of fans been, you know, saying they would, they would have, we wouldn't have minded seeing him in Easter Road hot seat. Um, and so I always think it's interesting when you see Hibs coming up against his, his Kilmarnock team, who, you know, have done quite well themselves this season, um, almost sort of flying under the radar a little bit as well. Um, but it's it is difficult. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and try to cliche like there are no easy games, but there are. Um, <laughs> and I just think that it it becomes there. There are so many levels to this. Like in in one sense, they need a reaction from Wednesday night's game. They also need points on the board if they're you know wanting to finish. I mean, Montgomery's already said you know they're, they're still hoping to finish in you know, one of the top five spaces. I mean, obviously, you'd have to say, you know, it's going to be third, fourth or fifth. And, you know, I think that you really need to be going into games like like Saturday and thinking, you know, almost believing, having this belief that we can, you know, you can take three points from it, that you can sort of, you know, get a bit of breathing space and, and you know, sort of break up what's been a pretty kind of rotten run of, of results. Um if if not performances, and I think that I think it just comes down to doing the the sort of the, you know the simple things. I think they need to need to be able to take their chances. I think they need to be able to just get a bit more cohesion. I don't know. I don't know if you know shuffling the personnel is, is going to make that easier. Um, but I, I just think something needs to change in terms of the performance and the result because you can sense that a lot of fans are starting to get starting to get really kind of browned off. And I think there are more fans questioning Montgomery and, you know, I know you can say it's all well and good. He's, you know, it's not his team. And, you know, you, you have to give managers time and that's something they don't get in the modern game, uh, as we've seen, especially especially with Hibs managers. But yeah, I think it needs to be, it needs to be a better performance all round than, than Wednesday. I mean, you know, we've said there were good elements to Wednesday. Um, you know, I felt, given from what we'd seen before the winter break, you could see maybe what had been worked on in Dubai. There were some things that worked quite well. Um, and the hope is that, you know, if, if it's got to come on, and can play like they did for maybe the first 25, 30 minutes against Rangers and maintain that, then, you know, they're giving themselves a much better chance of getting a result. Um, you know, not to take away from Kilmarnock. I think Kilmarnock have, been, Kilmarnock have been really impressive most of the times I've seen them, but, you know, they're not unbeatable. And... You know, I, I would. Montgomery doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to sort of say, "Well, remember when we came here in in September and we were two 0 up and we drew two to go and make things right." I don't think he's the kind of guy who does that. He's very much, you know, you don't live in the past. Focus on the here mm-hmm. and the now. But it'd be nice to sort of think, you know, they can go there and think, right? You know, we've been here before and did a lot of good things. Uh, I know they got a point for it. Let's go and do a lot of good things and, and actually take three points this time, um, because that's you know the. I think, you know, you're talking about Dylan Levitt and his confidence. I think the players need a bit of a confidence boost from yeah. uh, a result. They need a bit of a confidence boost from a performance. And, you know, I think going to Kilmarnock, which is not the easiest place to go, and, you know, getting three points would certainly uh, certainly go a long, a long way to contributing to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think we'll leave it there um, for today. Um, I know that was a fairly miserable morning debrief. Um but it was off the back of a fairly miserable result, unfortunately. Um, 
But yeah, um, if you've come across um, this video on YouTube and you feel that you could maybe tolerate watching us again at some point in the future, I would urge you to please uh, hit the subscribe button. It makes a huge difference to us. Um, it means we can keep bringing you these videos. Um, hopefully next time after a more positive result for Hibs. Uh, just in terms of the Hibs Observer website today, we'll have more reaction from last night's game. We will actually hear from uh, Emiliano Marcondes uh, after his Hibs debut um, with what I promise you is one of the most colourful analogies I've ever heard um, from a footballer. So please keep your eye out from that. It might lift your might lift the gloom um, a wee bit um, ahead of the weekend. Uh, just in terms of the weekend, obviously, we'll be back uh, on Friday with everything from Nick Montgomery's press conference as Hibs prepare for a trip to Kilmarnock, uh, looking to get themselves back on track in the Premiership. But for now, thank you as always for joining us and we'll see you again next time.